<coughs> We're waiting, Cam. I'm waiting on everybody that's talking to move on. Uh oh. Is it not working? That's how I blamed it. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, just like children. It's because pastor's talking too much. Okay, let's pray real quick for Sunday school. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you once again this morning. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment to just open your word. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, that, that as always, these words be your words, not my words. And Lord, that we will be able to take something from it, Lord, and to just change a life today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to continue talking about following the Lord because uh, it's kind of important. And uh, today we're going to talk about walking in the name of the Lord. And you've heard that before. You've heard of people talking about people, oh, walk in the name of the Lord. And we've read it in the Bible, but we're going to discuss and try to understand what it really means. And, and we've talked about, we've been talking about for a number of weeks now, walking with God. And, and, and walking with God is all about um, how we live, basically. You know, it's, it's about how we conduct ourselves in the world and, and our behavior, our attitudes, our words, our our. our, our things we say and things we do it's it's about keeping we also learn that it's about keeping our thoughts also in subjection to God's will and 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 that goes in that entails keeping our words in subjection to God and and all our deeds that we do must please God and that that's walking with God and and let's go to Zechariah let's start off there Zechariah 10 12 <clears throat> Zechariah 10 12 All the way in the back. <clears throat> and, and the Bible says in Zechariah 10, 12, it says, And I will strengthen them that them in the Lord, and they shall walk up and down in his name, saith the Lord. In whose name? They will walk up and down. They shall walk up and down in God's name. Okay? And it's kind of interesting there, that word shall. That's, a, that's, a, that's something you will do. That's a commandment. That's not you may walk or you, you could walk. No, it's a shall. You shall walk up and down in God's name. Okay? And it, right there it says if, if you do that, if you're walking in God's name, that verse tells us that he, who is he? God. God will strengthen you. So is the world running over you? Are you, you being knocked down a lot? Maybe you need his strength. Maybe you need to start following him, right? And you need to walk in his name. Well, let's look at Ezra chapter 5 verse 1. Let's go back to Ezra and look at this one. This is an interesting verse. <clears throat> Ezra chapter 5 in verse 1. <clears throat> and this is one of those verses when you're studying and you're looking at your lesson and you're looking at other verses that go with this verse and you start reading about it. This is the one that can drag you down a rabbit trail. Um, it's a good rabbit trail, but it really gets interesting. Uh, so right here in, in Ezra chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says, Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Edo, 
prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. In whose name? The name of the God of Israel. Okay? So they were prophesying, right? Well, reading into this, you find out that what they're talking about here, that right before this time, there was 15 years of inactivity with the Hebrews in Israel, right? In Judah and Jerusalem. They just were not active for God. It was just a, a dead land, a dead zone for 15 years. And then two powerful prophets began preaching. And I was reading the commentary, and it's interesting because they have, they have studied back, not only through the Bible, but through historical documents. And they found out that Haggai began his preaching. Get this. Is this accurate? August 29th of 520 B.C. That's the day he began his, prophet, uh, began his preaching. And he was a very powerful prophet. And then Zechariah, they say, began in October or November of 520 B.C. So right there, the same time, they began preaching after 15 years of inactivity, right? And then three weeks after Haggai began preaching, they started building the house of God. Wow. Well, it also says that at that time, if we look at that verse again, it says... um, Unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel, even unto them. That at that time, here comes these two prophets and they began preaching. There's been inactivity for 15 years. Well, they began preaching to the people and the people got, they got empowered by God. They got filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And it says all of Israel was in the name of, Lord, name of God at one time. So that means Judah... And, and, and Jerusalem were both serving God at one time. And that's when they started building the temple. That's amazing, right? But they were walking with God and they were walking in God's name. And let's look at Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 18.10. Proverbs 18, verse 10. The Bible says... The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth unto it and is safe. And a lot of people will use that verse, right? They'll go, oh, you know, he's my strong and mighty tower. Yes, he is. If you're walking in his name. Okay? If you just claim to be Christian or claim to be godly or or tell everybody you're a Christian, you're not going to get that strong and mighty tower. Okay, And if you're not walking in his name, you're not going to get that that great protection that he will give you. That's reserved for those that are following him, that are doing what they're supposed to do. They're doing what is right. Okay, let's look at Colossians chapter three, verse 17. Colossians chapter three, verse 17. Colossians three, verse 17. The Bible says, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed. So that covers everything in your life, right? It's either word or deed, right? And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. It's a pretty powerful verse, right? So basically, what are we talking about here? We're talking about let God control all areas of your life at all times. Not just Sunday morning when you're in church, 
or maybe if you come back Sunday evening, maybe you make it to Sunday school, maybe it's Wednesday night and you made it to church. No, you should let God be in control of your life at all times, day or night. What is it? 24-7, right? 365 days a year. That's how, how serious God is about this. That is, that's when you're walking in the Lord's name, okay? Because you're out there and it's, it, it's, not a, it's not something you put on when you go to church. It's something that you get from God and you live with God and he's close to you. You have that fellowship every single moment of every single day. Okay, and another aspect of this walking in the name of Jesus, that's what we're talking about. But what exactly does it mean, walking in the name of Jesus? We could talking about this. Well, the name of a person in the, in the ancient world represented the person himself. Your name meant a lot back then, okay? And therefore, all of his character. And you think about it. We've seen it in the, the, uh, the Bible, and you've seen it maybe in, in history books. You know, they say, oh, you know, that's Steve, son of James, right? Why are they saying that? Because that's part of your reputation. Who was your father? You know, was your father a criminal? Would you want to be named, uh, hey, you know, that's Steve, a son of Barabbas? Probably not, right? We know who Barabbas was. Right. But you might want to be called by the son of of a man that had high honor because of his name. And did he have honor because he was rich? No, you had a good name because you were walking in the name of the Lord. That's how you get a good reputation. Right. And the name of the person in the ancient world, like I said, it told all about your person and about your character. Okay, And, and God's name represents his entire being. Okay, so we're talking about walking in the name of the Lord, right? And all of God stands for, that's his name. So if you're walking in his name, you're walking in everything that God stands for. So walking in the name of the Lord means that we are acting under his name. Okay, and you think about it as a paramedic. When you're a paramedic, when I was a paramedic, I had skills that were taught to me. And I worked on an ambulance and I performed medical treatment to people, but I worked under a medical director. I wasn't out there on my own. I had a doctor that was my medical director that had tested me and found that I was stable enough and, and sane enough to do my job well. And he wrote, he signed his name, said, this is a good paramedic. I'll, I'll write off on him. That's the way God is. Okay. If you're lit, walking in his, walking with God and you're walking in his name, he's already signed off. You're one of mine. You know, you're walking under his, under, you're acting under his name, okay? And let's look at 1 Samuel 17, 45. 1 Samuel 17, 45. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 45. The Bible says, Then said David to the Philistine, this is a great verse. Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. And we all know this story, right? This is David. He was about 15 years old. It says he was young and ruddy, probably a skinny little kid. He watched sheep. That's what he did, right? But David was acting under God's authority and power when he faced Goliath because God chose David to do this. And remember, he went into Saul, the king, and the king's trying to fit all this armor on him. And David's like, 
this isn't no good. I don't need this. I'm going out there to face this Philistine in the name of the Lord. All I need is that. And these three stones. Because God told him to pick up some stones. And he walked out there and he faced this Philistine. This Philistine was huge right off. Okay. So physically he was massive. He was muscular. He stood above everybody. He had on the best armor the Philistines could put on him. He had a spear and a sword and a shield. And he had probably trained all his life as a warrior. Okay? Probably the most scary person to go up against at that time. But here's David. He walks out there wearing his street clothes, his shepherd clothes. He had a little leather sling and he had three stones. Okay? Nobody in their right mind would go out like that. But he went out there because of why? He knew he was going out there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord. He, was, he knew God was there with him. They were no match physically. In the, in the worldly sense, there was no match. Right? But that's okay because Goliath didn't have anything but what he had carried with him and his skills that he'd been trained. David had the name of the Lord. And one stone, one stone, and he was done. That's power, right? You want that power? Walk in the name of the Lord, right? Let's go to Proverbs 22. If you don't think the name of the Lord is powerful, that's not enough for you. Proverbs 22, verse 1. <clears throat> 22, verse 1. The Bible says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. So a good name, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. So the Bible is telling us it's better to have a good reputation than it is all the wealth in the world. You know? Old Bill Gates, he's got plenty of money, but does he have a good reputation? No. Does he walk in the name of the Lord? No. No. You're right, Cam. You got it right. He does not walk in the name of the Lord. He walks worldly, and he's made a lot of money, but that will do him no good because he's not walking in the name of the Lord. And let's look at Ecclesiastes 7.1. Ecclesiastes 7.1. The Bible says, here we go again. A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death, uh, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. That sounds kind of odd, right? Day of death better than the day of one's birth. So when you're born, everybody rejoices. They have a cute little baby. Well, they're not really cute, but you have a baby and everybody's happy, right? But as that baby grows into a child and into a person, an adult and a human, and, and they continue their life, if that person is walking in the name of the Lord, they have a good name. They have a good reputation. And it says right there that the day of their death is more important than the day of their birth. Why is that? Because then you can sit back and all the people that knew you can reflect on you as a person, and they can talk about you. And, and if you walked in the name of the Lord, guess what they get to talk about? You were a good person. They get to talk about maybe all the times you spoke about God. Maybe you witnessed a lot. Maybe you, you know, maybe you were a pastor. Maybe you were a Sunday school teacher. But whatever you did, you did for the Lord. Okay? Yeah. Now think about on the flip side. Somebody goes their whole life don't know God. When they die, people get up there and they go, I remember he was funny. 
You know, they're thinking. And what are they thinking about? They're thinking about all the bad things you did, but they don't want to say it. You know, I mean, you think about, oh, he was a drunk and he was drugging. He, he beat his wife. Are you going to tell that at, at his funeral? No, but then these people of the world, they'll hire a pastor and they'll tell the pastor, oh, come preach a sermon about this guy. How can you preach about a guy that's never known God? Yeah. You know, if Brother Larry does it, he leaves there. Everybody's offended because he tells them the truth and they don't like it. They want you to come in and tell him, what do they always want you to say? Oh, this man is in heaven with God. Yeah. Wrong. But that right there, your name, your name. So when we walk in God's name, it is his good name yeah. that we represent. So if you claim to be a Christian and you're out there telling people about Christ, but they see you doing bad things... Whose name are you hurting ultimately? You're hurting the name of Jesus. You're right. And we must live in a way that corresponds with God's character and his reputation, right? Remember that poem, uh, Footprints in the Sand? Yeah, he's carrying you. Follow his example. Jesus was put on this earth in the flesh to show us an example of how to live exactly what he was here for one of the things to show us as an example right to walk as he walked because you're representing his father's name right so let's go to uh, exodus chapter 3 let's look at god's name a little bit exodus chapter 3 this god that we supposedly represent right let's see what his name is exodus 3 14 and 15 Exodus 3, wrong page, Exodus 3, verses 14 and 15. And God said unto Moses, so here's God talking directly to Moses. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. That's powerful. Okay. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, thou, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. I am that I am. That's God, right? So the Lord, and this is in all caps in my Bible, it should be in yours too, the Lord, in all capital letters, represents God's personal covenant name, which was Yahweh. Okay? And, and, and I try to make this understandable. Uh, there's a lot to it. And this is the name that God revealed unto Moses when he was in the burning bush. He revealed his name Yahweh. Okay? So let's look at Exodus 20, verse 7. The I am that I am. I mean, just think of the power. Tell them that I am. That's all you need to know. That's amazing. Exodus 3, I'm sorry, Exodus 20, verse 7. The Bible says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God. Remember this I am God, right? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Okay, so we're talking about what word? We're talking about the Lord in all caps. The Lord in all capital letters, right? That, well, we're talking about the Hebrew people here. And, and we'll, let's get to the verse first, then we'll get into the Hebrew people. So talking about taking his name in vain. Okay, well, we all think about the cuss words, right? 
That's what you think. Oh, don't don't use God's name as a cuss word. You know, and I, I see this guy that he, he's an evangelist guy and he always talks to, to people about that. And he goes, would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? No. And hopefully you wouldn't. Right. We should have even more respect for the, for the God that in heaven that created you. Right. So we all know that. So you don't use God's name for cursing and swearing. Right. But did you know it's also for false false oath taking? You don't use God's name. How many people swear in God's name? Or you tell them, you know, I promise. Do you promise in God's name? Do you promise to Jesus? You're taking a false oath. You're not supposed to use it that way. That is wrong. That's using God's name in vain. Okay. What about, it's also talking about using God's name in empty, worthless ways, right? Or frivolous usage. How many people say OMG? Really? You are using it in a very vain way. God's name should should be used in praise and worship and in teaching about him only. Okay? And what what did we say? So think about those things that we just talked about. It says, the Lord will not hold him guiltless. He will not hold you guiltless. Means he won't just go, oh, it's just OMG. That's no big deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. God is very serious because that's his name. That's the I am. That's Yahweh. Okay. So we're looking at the Hebrew people. And back then, the Hebrew people, they were so serious about God's name being being so holy and so powerful. They would only pronounce four of the letters. They would pronounce uh, Y-H-W-H. Okay. And the vowels they would use of, of Adonai. Okay. And they translated, transliterated this into Yahweh, but they read it as Adonai. Okay. They were so serious about how holy his name was, the I am God, they wouldn't pronounce the whole name. Okay. They wouldn't use all the letters because they were that serious. Okay. They knew it was that serious. And this accounts for the hybrid name Jehovah, uh, which uses the consonants uh, YHWH and the vowels of Adonai. Okay. The Jews did this to protect the divine name. They were protecting God's name because they didn't want to use it in vain because they knew right there it says uh, that it would not be held guiltless. Okay, so they were so serious about it. They did not want to take God's name in vain that that they would actually do this. They wouldn't pronounce all the letters to protect his holy name, not to protect them, protect him because they didn't want to blemish his name. Okay, and and actually the Bible does not forbid the use of God's name, but the biblical writers, uh, they use it hundreds of times through the Bible. Right. We see the Lord, Lord, Lord everywhere. Right. But. We must be careful to use it properly because the writers of the Bible, remember, the Bible was given to them by who? By God. They were given permission to use his name in this text. You're not given the permission to say OMG. You're not given the permission to falsely falsely use his name, right? Or to use it in vain or use it worthlessly or use it as a cuss word. You're not given that permission and you will not be held guiltless, right? So God's name is very similar to the Hebrew word uh, for to be or to become or to live. And if we look at that, this word implies the self-existent, independent nature of God. Okay, he is self-existent. He is independent of anything else. Think about that. 
He exists in his own nature. We don't do anything to support him or help him stay alive, right? We don't do anything for him. He does everything for us. He is self-independent. He is in his own nature. This is the God we're talking about. This is the one true holy God, okay? So the characteristic of the Old Testament is its insistence on the possible knowledge of God as a person, right? And, and Yahweh is the name, is, is the name he used, his name that he uses as a person. I am that I am, Yahweh. I am that powerful. I am that God. And that, that is the only God that will ever use that name, Yahweh. There's other gods in this world that people have made, but none of them are called Yahweh. Okay? So this is trying to give you a little introduction to God's name. So this name implies the covenant promise, right, of the divine presence of God. Both at the time of the the Messianic age, right, which was back in the Old Testament, and in the future. That's how great God is. He was at the beginning, and guess who will be there at the beginning? I am. And if you read Revelations, I am. He's there. Right? I am was there when he created it. I am will be there in the end. And this came to mean, it also came to mean the coming Christ. All the Old Testament tells about the coming Christ, the coming Christ, the coming Christ. And as this new phrase, this phrase was the day of Yahweh. And when is the day of Yahweh? It's when he came, when Christ came and died on this earth. The coming Christ, that's his day, right? And so it's used both in the Old and New Testament as titles for Christ. Okay? It's talking about the Old Testament talks about Christ coming. The New Testament talks about when Christ was here. And that same Christ will be there at the very end. Okay? So what other names or some other names that, that we use for God? Well, let's go to Genesis 1.1. Let's start at the beginning, right? So Genesis 1.1, let's read 1 and 2. The Bible says, in the beginning. Who's it say in the beginning? Does it say in the beginning, Bill Gates? Nope. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of who? The Spirit of God, the one truly God, that Yahweh God, that I am God. That's the Spirit. It moved upon the face of the waters. Okay? Now there, you look at these two verses. There's no gap in time. There's no period of millions of years that would, that would allow for this, you know, evolution that people teach. No, no. It's two verses. It's right there. The I am God, that Yahweh God, he was there and there was nothing else. It was just him. And he said, you know what? I'm going to create everything. And we can't comprehend that because we can never see that. But here's that God, that one powerful I am Yahweh God. And he says, there's nothing around me. Now there is. There's no evolution. There's no millions of years. It didn't take him long. He twinkling of an eye, he made everything. He made everything that fast. The heaven and the earth, he started creating. And then it took him six days to get it the way he wanted it. Right? Not six million years. And it's funny, my granddaughter was talking to me about this the other night. We were watching TV and they mentioned something, you know. We were watching History Channel and we like watching, you know, animals that get hunted down and killed and we eat them. But, so we're walking, talking about this evolution and she goes, how old is the earth, Papa? I said it's six to 7,000 years old. She goes, she goes, school constantly teaches me that it's millions of years old. 
I said, well, just know the difference. They're lying. She goes, I know. I know. And that's what we need to teach our kids. Because if you don't, when they get into school, they're going to they're gonna suck them right into evolution, right? And from evolution, there's everything else that's bad, right? So that's our, that's our God, right? That's, that's the Elohim. That's the creator God. And this is the, this is the word for, for the first form of the divine name of, in the Bible, right? And it's ordinarily translated in our Bibles as God, but it's Elohim, okay? And this is the most frequently used name in the Old Testament as, as it's equivalent to, to Theos. It is in the New Testament. It occurs in Genesis alone approximately 200 times. In Genesis alone, about Elohim, the most powerful God, the creator God, right? And the meaning of Elohim or or God is mighty and powerful, right? Think about that. He was alone. There was nothing there, and he created everything. That is mighty and powerful. That is a mighty God, right? So the I I am on the end, on the end of Elohim, indicates a plurality in Hebrew. And it, it, it expresses... Majet, majet, ooh, majesty or almightiness. Okay? So you have a creator God that is almighty. That's pretty true, isn't it? To be a God that created everything, you kind of got to be mighty, right? I know I create things and I put screws through wood and it kind of holds together, but it'll always fall apart. God creates stuff that never falls apart. Okay? So let's go to, let's go to Psalms 2.4. And look at more of this God that we're talking about. This God, that, this is the God that you're supposed to be walking in His name, right? This is the God you're supposed to be expressing. This is the God you're supposed to be an example of. So Psalms, Psalms, yeah, I said Psalms, right? I'm way over in Proverbs. So Psalms two, verse four. The Bible says, "The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together." against the Lord and against the, his anointed saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Wow. They're going to lose, aren't they? So here they are, right? <clears throat> Psalms two, four, let's get down to it. It says he that sitteth in heaven. Here's verse four. He that sitteth in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. So what are we talking about these verses? We're talking about here these people are on the earth. They're the kings, right? They think they're powerful. These are the rich and famous, right? These are the political leaders. And they think, I'm great. These are the ones that think they can walk on water, right? And they're going to come up against the God, the I am, the Elohim, right? They're going to come up against him. And what what does the Bible say? God is so powerful, he's just going to laugh at them. He's going to laugh, right? Because they oppose him. Because he could just squish them at any moment. It's only by his grace and mercy that they're still breathing. Right? But he's going to laugh at them. That's pretty powerful when you have the most powerful men on this earth with all their armies and all their weapons and all their money and God laughs at them. That's a powerful God. That's the God we're to follow. So Isaiah 7, 7. Let's go there. Isaiah 7, 7, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord God, Lord God, there they are together, right? Lord and God. Thus saith the Lord God, 
it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Okay? So no one can stand against me we talked about. One, one word we talked about was Yahweh and Elohim, right? Lord God, Lord God. Here they're used together, right? No one can stand against this Lord God. No one. Okay? So Adonai means my Lord. And this name emphasizes his sovereignty. So you have a creator God, you have an almighty God, you have the I am God. But he's also the same God that has sovereignty. And what does he have sovereignty over? Everything. He created it. He has sovereignty over it, right? So let's go to Genesis. Back to Genesis 15, verse 8. Let's read 7 and 8. Genesis 15, 7 and 8. We're talking about this God that we're supposed to be living in his name or walking in his name, right? Genesis 15, verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, And in, this, in, in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were con congealed in the hearts of the sea. Am I in the wrong verse? I sure am. I'm in Exodus. I was thinking that is not what I wrote. Woo. Still a powerful verse, though. Look how powerful God was. He parted the waters and there was dry land, right? Nobody's ever been able to do that. And I don't care how many yard blowers you get out there and crank them up. You're not going to blow the sea open and dry it. Sorry. Genesis. Genesis 15, 7 and 8. Genesis 15, 7 and 8. And the Bible says, And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of, Chal of the Chaldees to give thee the, this land to inherit it. And the, And he said, Lord God, there they are together, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Lord God. His name is being used together because he's that powerful. He's the Lord God. Okay? You talk about any other gods on this earth that men have created, they just call them their God. Think about that. You think about the, the Hindus. They have 33 million gods. They don't have a Lord God. Only we have a Lord God. Okay? And God gave, gives us everything. He gives us everything to what? To those who walk in, his, in the name of the Lord God. Walk in his name. Okay? And Adonai is frequently also combined with Yahweh. And let's look at Psalms 86.12. That's the Lord God right there. Psalms 86.12. Psalms 86, verse 12. Ah, come on. Yeah. Psalms 86, verse 12. Hope I'm in the right verse. Yeah. <clears throat> the Bible says, I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. Okay? Here we're seeing that Adonai is combined with Elohim. In in in. Right there it says, I will praise thee, O Lord, my God. Okay? So you're claiming that this Lord God is your God. And what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to walk in his name. Because you're, you are representing his name. Okay? We're getting there. Let's go to Micah, chapter 4, verse 5. 
Micah chapter 4, verse 5. 1337. Okay. Micah chapter 4, verse 5. And here we're going to see something else here. It says, For all the people will walk, everyone in the name of his God, little g. Okay? This is talking about the world here. It says, For all the people will walk in the name of his God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Okay, so we're talking about two different gods there. We're talking about the little God, which if, you know, could be money, could be power, could be fame. You know, I mean, you, you talk about all these entertainers and sports stars. They tell you when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be an actor. You know, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be a football player. And they work hard and they spend their whole life and all their energy and power and time obtaining that title. And then some of them become superstars in this world. Okay, so that's their God. And then in turn, they become gods to people in this world. How many people, we talked about it before, like Elvis would come on stage. Women would pass out for a man, a sinful man. That was their God. That's little g, okay? Well, here we're talking about God with a big G, right? We're talking about this God, okay? And we see that the prophet here contrasts those who walk in the name of his God, little g, they're over here walking with their gods, right? Versus those who walk in the name of the Lord, our God, that I am God, that most powerful God, that creator God. And the faithful, we should be more committed to the true God than to the wicked and false gods that are around us in this world. You know, are you more faithful to the God of this Bible? The I am God, the creator God, the God that came and, and sent his son to die for your sins or are you more faithful to the gods of this world? You know, if something comes up, do you miss church? You know, if, if you like as a police officer, you know, we get extra jobs. Sometimes they're really lucrative. So if, if it comes up and, you know, you get a hundred dollar an hour job, are you going to miss church? You know, if the weather's perfect and your friends say, let's go fishing, let's go hunting, let's get the boat out and run around. Are you going to miss church? So where's your God? Which God are you serving? You're serving the wicked God of this world or gods of this world. Or are you serving the one true I am God? And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the, that we should be more faithful. But unfortunately, this world serves them and they are called idolaters. They're often more faithful to their false gods than they are to the God of the Israelites, right? To the true God. And we see that all through history. Even back in the Old Testament, what did they do? They started following false gods. Then they would get in trouble. Something would happen. Something would be really bad. They would get chastised. And then they would turn around and, I'm sorry, God. And they would get right with God. And that's the way it was in our, our lives. But we've got to strive to follow him every single day. 365 days a year. There's no ending, right? And, and so they follow these false gods and... and like I said, that's the same for Christians today. We slip and we follow false gods. We follow the gods of the world. And we walk, to walk in the name of the Lord means living under his authority. Not under the authority of the God of the world. Okay? Not under the authority of, of other little gods, little G's. But under the God, the I am God. And we do that in a way of keeping with the character of that I am God. Are you walking in his name, if you are, you need to be walking in his character. You need to be walking by his example. Why? Because you're upholding God, the big G gods, 
reputation. You do not want to tarnish his reputation by your activities and your sinful activities, right? And it also means being faithful and obedience and loyal to what? To this almighty, self-existent, true, living God of Israel. That there is no other God like this God. He is the Lord God. He created everything from nothing. He allows you to live. He blesses you and protects you if you walk with him. He sent his son to die for you. There's no other God that can do that. None. You look at every other God, the God of of Islam, the God of Buddha, the God of, of Hindus. They're all dead. They lived their little short lives and they died. Okay? They didn't resurrect. Guess what that one God did? He resurrected. He told them, I'll be back in three days. And they did their best to keep him in there, didn't they? They threw a big stone on there. They sealed it. You know, if it was today, they would have threw a plate of steel up there and they'd have welded it around, you know. They'd have put a tank in front of it, maybe a bunch of soldiers. And they would have come back. The steel would have been melted. The tank would have been gone and all the soldiers would have been passed out. That's what happens. He said, I'll be back. And they're like, oh, really? Because what were they doing? They were coming up against the Lord God, the Almighty, and they failed. And they it's just funny. Um, so that's the God you're supposed to be following. And since the walking with God covers a wide variety of behaviors, right, it, it may be beneficial to maybe examine various character uh, categories in, our, in our, our behavior, right? And this is what the Bible talks about. It, if you read through Proverbs, Man, it's all do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Don't do that. It's going to hurt you, but you'll do this. You'll get blessed. Read Proverbs. They're amazing, right? That's what we're talking about. Following God and walking his name because we're representing his name. We're representing the Lord. And to walk in the name of the Lord may include any or all of these behaviors that's in Proverbs, you know? Look in there. See where you fit. And do any of these things... All of these things that you do, everything that you do, everything that you say, and everything that you think should be done in the name of the Lord. And that implies doing it in a way that is consistent with God's character and His purpose, not your own. Okay? Let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 18.5. Is anybody looking at the clock? I'm not. Deuteronomy 18.5. The Bible says, For the Lord thy God hath chosen him out of all the tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever. Okay? Forever. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the when we're walking in the name of the Lord in our life, our life should be a ministry to the rest of the world. We need to minister in the name of the Lord. Because we're, we're chosen, right? God chose you. He died for you, and he saved you. Now you need to minister for him, and this means to serve him, okay? And all of our service for God ought to be conducted in a way that preserves God's reputation, okay? And we must serve God in loyalty and obedience to what? To his will that he, will, he, has, re- he has revealed to us. Okay, so if if you're if you get saved and you don't walk with God, he can't reveal his will to you. So you're just going to be walking in blindness. Right. But that doesn't happen because once you're saved, you're drawn to him. And how do you know his will? Come to church, listen to preaching, read your Bible, have your own personal prayer time with God. 
follow him, draw close to him. Okay? And then that's what you're, you're, you've got to do to walk with God. So the ministry that we're talking about must be conducted as God. You're his representative, right? That's your ministry. You're doing things that God wants you to do to please him, not to please yourself. And, and ministers don't merely go on, you know, doing what they want, right? If you do, that's a false prophet. And you need to get out of those churches or you need to get away from those people, right? They, if you're a true minister for God, and I'm not talking about, you know, being a pastor's brother area. I'm talking about just being a minister for God in your daily life, okay? You need to do what God wants you to do, not what you think is right, okay? And that's why there's a lot of churches and a lot of pastors and a lot of people that take this Bible and they will interpret it. Oh, well, I interpret it this way. Well, too bad because God says it's this way and you're interpreting it wrong. Because most people try to interpret the Bible to fit their sins. And their little g-gods is what they want to do. And the ultimate allegiance is to our God, the one true God, not to people. So you're supposed to take a stand and stand up no matter what people care. Or, I mean, no matter what people think about you. Take a stand for that God. And we serve God by serving God's people, right? Our successful ministry is accomplished by serving God's people and doing God's will and, and leaving the results of God's character on those around us. Let's go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Verse 25. The Bible says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Right? So it doesn't matter what people think about us right there, right? How people respond to our ministry, how people respond to us is not a, a proper gauge of our success or even our legitimacy, right? We must remember that fear of man brings a snare. So if, you, if you're scared about what somebody's going to think about you, that brings a snare. Think about that. So you need to be doing God's will no matter what. No matter what people think about you. And they're going to look at you. They call you a Bible thumper. They call you weird. They call you odd. Right? The Bible says you're a peculiar people, so why not live up to it? Take a stand, right? So let's look at Deuteronomy 18.22. Deuteronomy 18.22. Right? Just be weird for God, right? We need to have those t-shirts made up. Be weird for God. My wife calls me weird all the time. So. <laughs> Must be true. Deuteronomy 18.22. The Bible says, When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But if the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him talking about here. God's talking about identifying people that are fake. Exactly what he's talking about. False prophets. False prophets, they talk about stuff of God that doesn't come to pass. How many people have we seen in history that says, oh, the world's going to end on July 15th of this year? You know? And it doesn't. They're false prophets. So if you find somebody, and how do you know a false prophet? We talked about this before. You measure them by what's in this Bible. 
So if you find a pastor or you find somebody that claims to be a pastor or claims to be a Christian or an evangelist or, or just a Christian and they're trying to witness to you and they start witnessing to stuff that doesn't line up with this Bible, right there, you know, they're false. Okay? They're not following the name of the Lord. And, and if you're teaching false, you're not representing God's name, right? Jeremiah 26. Jeremiah 26. Jeremiah 26, verse 16, the Bible says, Then said the princes and the, all the people unto the priests and to the prophets, This man is not worthy to die, for he hath spoken to us in the name of what? In the name of the Lord our God. So we find something here that is speaking in the name of the Lord their God. That means they're representing, their life is representing God's will. They are showing the light to the world, right? It says he's not worthy to die. Well, they tested him according to the Bible. They tested him according to God's word. Okay, same chapter, 26, verse 20. The Bible And there was also a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord, Urijah, the son of Shemaiah, uh, of kirjath Jerem, who prophesied against this city and against this land according to all the words of Jeremiah. Okay? These are people that are speaking, walking in the will of God, and they're prophesying. They're preaching in the Old Testament in the will of God. They're walking in His name. They're preaching in His name, right? They were powerful. Let's look at Acts, some more powerful people that preached in God's name. Acts chapter 9, verse 20. These are, we're talking about in Jeremiah, we're looking at people that were walking with God, they were walking in the name of the Lord. This we're talking about, that Lord, that I am God. So Acts chapter 9, verse 29. Let's look at this verse. And he spake boldly, boldly, guys, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and disputed against them. What does disputed mean? It means he's arguing with them, right? He disputed against, against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. So at who? We're looking at Paul, right? And we know Paul's history. He killed Christians. He threw them in prison. He drug them out of the house, men, women, and children, right? But then God came to him and he put him on his face and he saved him. Paul changed, right? So if you're walking in the name of the Lord, you're going to be changed. You're going to be different. Your whole world's going to turn around. Your whole world should change. And here we see Paul. He took, it says he took a stand. Why will Christians not take a stand today? If we were taking a stand today as Christians, all of this craziness that's going on wouldn't be happening. But we allow it because we try not to hurt anybody's feelings. We want to be all inclusive. No. If it's evil, point it out. Take a stand, right? That's what Paul did. He took a stand for who? For God, the Lord God. The Almighty God, the I am God, right? Remember when, when he, Paul got put on his face on the road to Damascus? He didn't have to ask, who is this? He knew immediately who put him on his face. He knew, okay? And if you come to God in salvation, you will know the God. There will be no question, right? And, and God, here we see Paul, he took a stand for God, even though... It says the Grecians, he went up against the Grecians because they were teaching false. And he went up against them and he told them, y'all are false prophets. You're liars and thieves. You're bad. Listen to the word of God. 
And he took a stand knowing what they were going to do. It says, what do they want to do? They wanted to kill him. That's how serious we should be about God today. We should be so serious about God and witnessing and doing what God tells us to do and living right and living in his will that people will want to kill us. They may not do it, but they're not going to like you, right? Because you're exposing their sin, right? So this is speaking or prophesying in the name of the Lord. And one speaking in the name of the Lord is claiming what? Divine inspiration. That's what you're claiming for our words, not his words. And that's what I always say. Let these words be your words, God, not mine. Because mine are horrible words, right? But we're speaking for God. We're communicating God's word to the world around us. Let's go to 2 Peter. One more verse. 2 Peter 1.12. 2 Peter 1.12, the Bible says, Wherefore, I will not be neg negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. So the prophets and apostles spoke and wrote under direct inspiration from what? The Holy Spirit. This Bible was inspired by God. He penned it through men that he chose and he gave them these words, right? The Holy Spirit moved them. And since the Bible is now complete, there's nothing else that needs to be added to it. God made sure it was complete. He said, it's done. This is your book. This is your Bible. Now it's complete. There's no other authorized prophets or apostles remain. None of those prophets and none of those apostles remain here anymore. So there's nobody that should come to you and tell them, I've got a new revelation from God because there is no new revelation. It's all right here. Right? These are all the cultists, right? These are all the people that, that lose their mind and think they're Jesus Christ. Right? These are all the false prophets. So anybody, and we know that anybody that adds to or takes to from this word, they're in bad shape with God, right? But we're talking about there's no prophets, there's no apostles, so there's going to be no tongues, because that's done. There's going to be no faith healing. That's done. There's no going to be no people bitten by snakes that live with poison, right? You can't drink poison and live. All those things are gone. But yeah, you find a whole bunch of people that their whole faith, their whole, whole existence for God is based on that. But God says that's done. I've finished the Bible, okay? So we should not expect anyone to be speaking under the direction and inspiration of God today like, like they think they can. They fall down and flop around, right? Because that's contrary to what we learned about God. That's contrary to walking in His name. Okay? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today. Just thank you for this moment. Open your Bible to... Lord, hopefully that we learn how holy and, 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 and mighty your name is, Lord, from the very beginning to the very end, Lord. I ask you just to continue to be with us today, Lord. Just lead us and guide us and along the ways we should go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.